And so today, really what I'm going to talk about today is kind of some of the things that I've been walking through the last year. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I should have died twice this year. Um, I had uh, Dr. Oki, who's actually a, from Nigeria. I, when I was in ICU for seven days, he said, oh, and I know the, the cities from its Wari, Nigeria. I have a friend that started a church and a Bible college in that town, and that's where he's from. And he said, you know, oh, Pastor Baba. After I started coming to ICU, he said, oh, Pastor Baba. He said, you have the greatest network I've ever seen. He said, your wife, your pastor, your best friend, people come. They pray for you every day. People from your church, they come and they pray. And he said, but I must be honest with you. You should be dead. <laughs> he told me that. And I said, well, he goes, but God must have something for you. Yeah. And I believe that. And, you know, I've been, I've been serving the Lord for 39 years. Next week, I'll be married for 35 years to my, my beautiful wife, Tracy. And so, uh, but I'm excited to be here with y'all today. I've been looking forward just to being able to come to Crowley. Um, I know that I believe this. How many of you believe that God wants to speak to us today? And so I'm excited that God wants to say something. And really, if you're looking for a title of this, it's really kind of been my theme verse for as I've gone through. It's called Prisoners of Hope. How many of you know that sometimes we just need to have hope? Okay? Okay, three people believe that. See, when I preach, we interact. People raise their hand. They go, yes, I believe that or whatever like that. I don't look. When I came, look, my mother was Methodist. My dad was Baptist. His mother was Jehovah Witness. My mama's mom was charismatic. My mom left my dad and married another man. He was Catholic. Everybody's been at least Catholic once in South Louisiana. And he said, but so I didn't need religion. I didn't have my state of confusion. Amen. And so today, don't look at me like you're confused. And so I believe this. That, you know, there's a scripture. Um, it just says this in Romans 5, 6. It says, when we, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. How many of you know that just at the right moment, God came down when you had given up, when you were discouraged, when you were down, you thought, man, nothing ever is going to be the same. I need a change. And you didn't know how to change yourself. How many ever just got sick and tired of yourself? I remember sometimes just like, talking to myself and go, I don't want to live this life anymore. I can't stand what I've become, you know, and then then you start hanging around people you really don't like. Because they're really about themselves rather than helping you and, and getting you somewhere. And so, really, how many of you know that life is harsh? And pain sometimes is painful. And hurting hurts. Come on. Anybody in the right church this morning? And so, I believe this. Trials are trying, but they don't last forever. We go through seasons. We go through things in life. They don't last forever, but it seems like they're going to last forever. You know? And so... The scripture, the theme that I've had is in Zechariah 9, 12. And it's going to come up and it says, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. And, you know, I began to think about that. You know, a lot of people don't drive around neighborhoods and go, baby. They don't drive around Crowley and go, we got to get that house. Look at the foundation on that thing. No one does that. They go, what does the kitchen look like? Are the bathrooms updated? Or, you know, is the floor right? 
How many of you watch those HGTV things? And I mean, I could never build a house like they do and all that stuff, you know. And it's like my son, Andrew, he's really good with that. He has his own little carpentry business and all that stuff. He's good at that kind of stuff. And he'll come to me and he'll say, Dad, if you do this and do that. And I go, that's good, but I don't know how you put that together. He just knows how to put things together. You know what I'm saying? There's just some people that are wired that way. And I believe that for many of us is that instead of living in despair for the rest of our lives, I believe that, that you know what? I believe, I mean, there's people that are just living or they're existing but not living. They, get, they become a prisoner of their own minds. They become a prisoner of their own circumstances. They become a prisoner. Instead of a prisoner of hope, what does a prisoner of hope do? Goes, God, no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, I'm going to trust you in my circumstances. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know where this is going. But, God, I'm going to trust you. I remember the first time. Now, I'm standing up here, and I, this is what I've, I've experienced in eight and a half years. I've gone through 52 rounds of chemotherapy. I've had 15 rounds of radiation. I've had three liver resections. I've had a colon resection. I've had other surgeries where I've had just different things going on in my body. And can I just say something to you? I could lose hope. But in the midst of it, and as I share today, I have some things that I really want to, that I have some insight towards that I've just walked through. It's not some kind of idea. It's actually things that I've experienced, things that I've gone through that hopefully can help you. Because sometimes people come to you if you have cancer and go, what kind of cancer do you have? I go, uh, I have colon and multiple myeloma. I have two farms. And they go, oh, my dad had multiple myeloma. He died in six months. I go, good. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Just <laughs> I was going. To, I was at the Eunice Church a couple weeks ago, and they had a barbecue after. And and one of the guys goes, Pastor Bubba, man. He goes, My daddy. He's been fighting all kinds of cancers, and he's been like, been going. He's been surviving. He's been. I said, How long has he been going? He goes, Eighteen years. I said, Sit by me. We'll chicken together. You know, because I believe this. How many of you know God has your days numbered? God knows exactly how many days you have. You know, and it's like we can believe, I believe this, we can believe that Jesus has the power to recreate, to redeem our lives, no matter how much the enemy comes to try to destroy or distract or uh, discourage us sometimes. You know, the enemy will come and he'll speak into our ears and go, you're just not going to make it. I remember sitting in a chemo chair when we were trying to build a sanctuary in Jennings at our Jennings campus, and, 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 and I was like just sitting there, and the enemy was trying to lie to me. You know, the, the Lord gave me a vision to how many campuses we were going to start in this region. And it's like, it really gave me a word. And I remember just sitting there, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, how many of you know if you let the enemy talk to you, he'll talk to you for a while? He'll just kind of. Just, just speak to you. How many of you have heard voices this morning when you woke up? Come on. Don't look at me like I'm like a fool. Okay, this, I'm going to do a test this morning before I preach anymore. How many of you have ever lied? How, okay. How many of you have ever lied? Okay. How many of you have never lied? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. Okay. So we're going to participate here today, okay? Is that all right? And so by faith, we can learn... We can lean into Jesus, and this is what I want you to understand. If you've maybe made risk before, some of you have discouraged, I don't know if I can risk again. 
I don't know if I can go that far. You know, Pastor Bubba, I've kind of pushed the envelope. It seems like I always get discouraged or something bad happens. And maybe God doesn't want me to do that. And I want to kind of dispel some of those things this morning. And so, you know, I believe hope is, is an unshakable confidence in God. It just is. Sometimes hope, you don't see the results of hope right away. Just like faith, you don't see everything happens, but you can't, you cannot lose hope. Say it with me, say hope. You know, I used to do dope, but now I'm a hope head. Amen? I remember grandmas when I used to go around, that's stupid, all right? But I remember to go, oh, you know, I'd go speak to youth groups or go talk to youth. And, you know, when I was younger, and they go, oh, you you give me so much hope for my grandson. He does all that dope, and you made me, you give me hope, you know? And so I believe this, is that for all of us, you know, imagine just this, like, God's prisoners aren't forced into some kind of, um, you know, punishment. See, that's what a lot of people think. Oh, I'm doing this because God's after me. He's punishing me. Okay, let, let me just give you an example. When you are in God, the best way I could say it is this. Is when you're in God, I don't have it, but when you're in God, if I had a pen and a piece of paper or a Bible, and when you're in God, you can put that there and you're in Christ. Nothing can take you out of Christ. Are you hearing me? You're in Christ. He loves you. I mean, you know, some of you hadn't heard this in a while. God just wants to tell you, I love you. I love you. I care about you. I know what you go through. I know the temptations you, you face. I know the circumstances. I know it's been told to you by other people, and you just you feel like you can't make it. I remember when I was sitting in that chemo chair going back to that, and then the, the, the guy, a guy calls me and goes, hey, Baba. Literally, I'm going, God, how's this going to all work out? Because the devil's telling me I'm going to die. That was six years ago, okay? And the guy goes, hey, I just want to match. I want to help y'all build that, that church. And he said, I want to match dollar for dollar everything you can raise in six weeks. And I go, I need seven. It sounded more spiritual to me anyway. And he goes, okay, I'll give you seven because I need a week to kind of like, how do we do this? Make a long story short, we raised the money and he matched it. It was $85,600. And he matched it. And that's what we needed exactly to finish the building. And we walked in there, paid cash money. Come on. How many like paying cash Take that First National Bank. <laughs> you know, and I believe this is that, you know, first thing you got to do, you got to learn to do is this. The first point I want to talk to you, you got to give hope a voice. You got to give it a voice. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You know, there's a scripture. There's a place in the Bible in Samuel where there's a. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? Everybody knew that. That's probably the first Bible story you ever heard. And David and Goliath, and for 40 days, the, 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 the champion of the Philistines is taunting Israel and all their army. And for 40 days. Like, your mama, she's so big. She got, she got to iron her drawers on the driveway. Oh, you Israelites. Your mama. I mean, that's the last I'm going to do. We used to do all those mama things. 
you know, when we were kids. And so they're just taunting them. And then David, David's kind of sitting there, and he hears. He's just is going to bring cheese and crackers and snack packs to his brothers. And his dad said, come back and tell me what's going on over there. And give me a report what's happening. And so David comes, and he hears this guy just like cursing God. And he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of the living God? I'm like, how did he know he was uncircumcised? Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but he's kind of like getting personal, you know what I mean? And then we know that Goliath is out there, and the Goliath looks at David. And you imagine David's like 15, 16 years old. The Bible says he's a ruddy but good-looking little guy. And all of a sudden, he looks at him, and he, this is what Goliath said, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And he starts telling him, he said, I'm going to take your head off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's telling him all this. Now, look at me. This is the champion. He's done that to everybody else. How many of you know that might be some, like, that might be facts? Come on. But David steps out, and he, he just, he steps out, and David replied, and he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord, God Almighty, and the armies of Israel. And Lord's heaven, heaven's army. And, 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 and he says this. I like what he says. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I like this. And, and I will kill you. And I will cut your head off. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds of the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Now, look at me. I know this. Sometimes in life, there's the facts. Hello? There's just facts. You know, they'll say, hey, you have this diagnosis. That's the facts. Or you go, no one's ever done this kind of thing. That's the facts. Or your family has generational curses on its, in its life. You know, my mama was like that. My papa was like that. They were from the other side of the Bayou Nepeque. And that's the way they all are. How I many I'm talking about? Just those things. Those are the facts. I can look back and, you know what? I can look back. My mother got pregnant from me at 16. Before that, there was other people that got pregnant in our family. My wife and I, we didn't, I didn't, look at me. Look at me. I'll tell you the truth. I never touch her to our wedding night. Now, we have six children, so anyway, we like, we, like, we love each other, and we like other things. <laughs> and my daughter's in here, and she's going, gross. You know, <laughs> you know. Okay? But I never touched her until my wedding night. I honored her. That's a fact. You know what I mean? But I know this. Sometimes there's facts, and then there's the truth. Just like David Goliath looked at him and go, the fact is, I'm going to take you out, little boy. But the truth is that sometimes, even though there's facts, the truth can outweigh the facts and overcome the facts. Amen? And for many of us, sometimes we've had things spoken to us, and it may be the facts, but that's where we have to lean on the word of God. That's where we have to lean on God, that he's with us. The Bible says he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. 
He's always with us, that we are in a battle. We, are, we do face things. You know, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts. And we teach them to obey Christ. How many of you know that we all have thoughts? And we just got to go, you know what? You ain't going there, thought. Sometimes we need to look at our thought and go, nope, we ain't doing that. Ain't not today. Because you know what happens when you give in to thoughts? What happens? It creates a pattern in your life. And that's why the, the Bible says, to, you know, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know, I, I remember a girl looked at me one time and said, you've been brainwashed. When I first got, you've been brainwashed. I said, well, if you know what was in my brain, you're glad I got washed. <laughs> I told her that. She cussed me out after, but anyway. <laughs> How many of you know we're all one thought? Taken, overtake. We are one thought from sometimes becoming an inner, letting that inner jerk come out of us. How I many you know we all got that inner jerk sometimes? Just wants to come out. You know, like some man pull in front of you at Walmart and you go, hi, hi, you give them the peace symbol and all that, you know. You know, Rah! I want to give you a demonstration. Come bring it up. I, I look for this and it's not, it's a politically incorrect toy. And I used to have one when I was a kid. And so what happened is it's called a bozo. Now, some of you, your generation didn't have bozos. You might have had like He-Man or, or, you know, Superman, Spider-Man or things like We had bozo in the 60s when I was growing up. Some people were going, I remember bozo. But the one thing about bozo, and really bozo is going to preach to you this morning. Is that all right? He's going to talk to you. Because I believe that for some of us, sometimes as Christians, we get hit, but we get back up. We get kicked, but we can get back up. There's things that can happen in our life, but we keep getting back up. Why? It's not what we have. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. I mean, you can be pushed around, but you're going to get back up. You don't have to stay in, that, in just that discouragement. Hello, hello. Courage is, you know what? Encouragement means courage poured into you. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to pour courage in because the enemy's going to come and kind of hit us around and say, you know, but, you know, we just get, we keep getting back up. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I think, you know, how many times the enemy has hit me? My wife said, you know, baby, you know how many times they've told you you've had cancer? I go, no, I, I don't know. She goes, 10. Now it's been 11 at different times that I've had cancer. I remember I was talking to Olivia one time, and, and she was about five, and I told her, I'm going to walk you down the aisle when you get older. And when she was about 10, I said, hey, I have this other thing, this cancer. She, she just looks at me, Dad, you've had cancer all my life. I'm not worried about you. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I just think about you know, all the things that we face. And see, why can he get back up? Because, see, there's a sand bottom right here. It's kind of like a foundation. It's weighted. And so what happens when the enemy comes against us, 
because we're, we're built on the right foundation. It's not us. It's Christ in us that we can get back up. Are y'all with me? Y'all go, I've never had a bozo preach to me. Yeah, what did y'all do? Well, we had bozo preach at our church this morning. So, but I believe this. We, we should choose. I choose to be a prisoner of hope. No matter what I face. When you give hope a voice, we discipline our minds. We, we have everything you need to overcome whatever giant you have. It could be a giant of finances. It could be a giant of, of just needing revival in your checkbook. It can be a giant of just things that have happened in your life. And you go, man, no one in my family's ever overcome this. But guess what? I believe that sometimes God allows you to be the very person that he goes, you know what? Maybe they haven't overcome, but you're going to overcome. Amen. And you're going to set a new agenda for your family. And see, I, I, you know what I love about God? God's not here to condemn us. God's here to pick us up and encourage us. I was reading on the plane coming back from Kentucky, and I was just reading this scripture in my Bible, and, and it just stuck out to me in Acts. And I felt like the Lord just gave me a word, and it's Acts 20, verse 10. And it's when the guy fell off the three stories when Paul was going long in his preaching. The Bible says he just fell back, he fell asleep and died. He fell three stories and died. But I love what it says that Paul came and picked him up and put him in his arms. And he looked at the crowd, and he says, Stop worrying. He's alive. And I felt like the Lord said that to me. He said, Bubba, you need to help people stop worrying. You're alive. Because you've reached down. He's reached down and picked me up many times. Many, many times. And I believe this is that, you know, in, in Philippians, it says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, when I was in the hospital, and I was ICU for seven days. And they told my wife, they said, you know, when, someone, when we incubate someone like this, because my lungs weren't working on their own, you know, a lot of people just don't come out of this. And, and so she, she would have the pulmonologist come in every day, and he goes, the numbers aren't changing. The numbers are this. Can you imagine that? My wife's trying to go back home, take care of our children. They're still at the house. Take care of me. People are trying to call her, see how we're doing, if they, we need anything. It was just, it was hard on her. I just like, I'm just out. And she told the pulmonologist after about the fourth day, she just said, Dr. Cormier, could you stop just telling me the numbers are the same? Nothing's changed. And could you do me a favor? Can you just pray for my husband? Amen. Can you just pray? And on the seventh day, when I started coming out of it, he came in to visit. I, I don't remember. I was just like, eh. I came out of it. And he said, he didn't have his white suit that said Dr. Cormier, pulmonologist, all that stuff. He just came, and he's on his street clothes, and he told my wife this. He said, I just had to come see for myself that he's gotten through this. It was a miracle. It's a miracle. You know? You can give God the glory. It's not me. My son, my son Luke asked me, he goes, Dad. 
when you were out, did you see Jesus? No, I said, no, I don't think I ever saw anything. I was just out. You know, the second thing you have to do is you have to give hope a voice, but you need to get hope is an act of defiance. What do you mean by that? I don't know where you are and how you're, you're struggling maybe with hope. Maybe you're, you have a loved one that needs to be saved or delivered from drugs, a child to come home or a marriage to be healed and restored or just want to own your own house. I don't know kind of what you're believing God for. And, but you, I believe this, whatever it is, it's time to risk again. Because see, when you've gone out and you've tried something and, and it's failed or it's come in your face, sometimes we don't want to risk anymore. How many of you I'm talking about? Yeah, I just don't want to risk. But I believe this is that whatever it is, whatever dream you had that died, whatever promise we gave up on, the truth of God's word says we serve a God of resurrection power. When I read the Bible, when I read through Romans, when I read through the Gospels, and, and I read through Acts, they said the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in every one of us. Think about that. When I read the book of Acts, and it says the Holy Spirit came, and he began to move upon people. Listen, I can't, I can't just overcome on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And And Listen, when I was, I don't care what you believe about speaking in tongues or anything. I speak in tongues every day, okay? But I know that and maybe you had some bad theology and all that stuff. But it's a prayer language that we have that edify, doesn't edify us. It edifies God, and it's good for us. And I remember one day when I'd gone to the bathroom and I couldn't breathe when I was in ICU, there was an African-American lady, and she, I, I would just come back from the bathroom. I'd go, okay. I can't breathe. And she put a mask on me, and she put it on there, and she goes, Jesus, I pray that you would give this pastor breath. I pray you would touch him. And she just started speaking in tongues, and I'm just telling you, I mean, I started getting breath. And it was a picture of my life. Without God, I'm breathless. Without God, I can't do anything. You know, but with God, he can give me breath in the midst of my troubles, in the midst of my, my discouragement. And he, he can touch you right where you're at, no matter what. That's the kind of God that we serve. And God was with me. You know, for someone to do that, come on. She worked for a Catholic hospital, Our Lady of Lords. I didn't report her. I said, you are my hero. time to risk him. Whatever you dream that you had that died, you know, whatever promise we gave up on, the truth is God's word has resurrection power. I love what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things, the old has passed away. Behold, new has come. In other words, God wants to do something new in us. God is a God of redemption. He restores. He has new beginnings, no matter what we've gone through. How many of you know that you can start over and over and over in God? Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you have done things that you're ashamed of? How many of you know if we go, hey, we got the latest sin that you committed. We're going to show it on the video for everybody to see. You'd be running up to the screen. Ah! But in God, he covers us. Come on, just like the prodigal. 
That robe was a robe of righteousness. He covered, that father covered his son's sins. And that's how our father in heaven is. He covers us. He covers us because he loves us. He puts shoes that represent freedom. He puts a ring on us that represents that you have authority. And see, I believe this. When we're just hoping again, we learn how to live in the present, but with the future in mind. See, we become prisoners of hope who cling to hope, speak the language of hope. You know, that's what I do. I've, you know, my platform these last 14 months has been in the chemo center. And I pray for people there all the time. This week I had a lady, and I was telling jokes and all this stuff. And I can do it. How, how many of you heard about T-Boy? T-Boy, he was looking at his mama's Bible one day, and she'd telling Bible stories. And T-Boy, he's like, He's looking through his grandma, mama's Bible, and he finds a leaf in her Bible. And he runs to mama. He goes, mama, mama, guess what? I found Adam's underwear in your Bible. <laughs> anyway, you'll get it later. <laughs> That's corny, but anyway. <laughs> so, some of you, oh, okay, all right. I got it now. When you become a prisoner of hope, we commit daring acts to believe. We dare to get in hope again. See, will, there, will, will it look like we imagine sometimes? Probably not sometimes. Will we go through disappointments? Look at me. Most likely. Will, we, will any of our future dreams die as well? you know, as well before they come to life? Look at me. Quite possibly. Why? Because I've learned this, that every promise is tested and every dream that we ever have is challenged. It just is. You know how you grow? With resistance. It's how you grow. People grow muscles it's all about resistance. It's not just the weight. It's the resistance of the weight that helps your muscles grow. You know? It's resistance. If you want to grow, sometimes you're going to face resistance. How many of you can say that I've learned this? Some of the hardest times I've had in my life has been a lesson to help me to grow and trust God more than I ever did before. Walking with cancer for eight and a half, almost nine years now. You know, there's people that, that come up to me and goes, oh, but Pastor Bubba, you know, my mom all died of that, that colon cancer. She only lived three months. I go, I ain't, you ain't coming to visit me in the hospital, you know. You know, as whereas, you know, I had a guy at the Eunice Church. He said, my daddy's been fighting all kinds of cancers for 18 years, Pastor Bubba. I said, come sit with me. We'll, we'll have a chicken bone together. And for all of us, listen, I'm not saying I don't know why some people live longer than others. I don't know why some people go through things. I had a friend that uh, she was a girl that she used to hang out where we used to hang out at the pool during the summers. And her dad used to own all the land at River Ranch. She was a banker in town. And she found out she had cancer she, in, in January and she died in May. I don't know why. But I just felt like, I felt like God there's more that you want to do in my life and through my life. 
that I could pray with people. You know, this week I had two people that have blood disorders, multiple myeloma. And one lady, she, she was, I was joking with them, and so she goes, hey, I'll go get you a, a po' boy at, at Old Time Grocery. Yeah, if y'all don't know where Lafayette, they, like, make great po' boys. It's, like, right by UL. And I was like, dang, I can't. I got to do a CT scan. They want me to fast for four hours. I said, that's the devil. <laughs> but just at the end, I just go, hey, can I pray for y'all? And just pray for them. They, the, the Catholic nuns and the, 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 the people come by and they, they talk to you and they go, are you Catholic? We want to give you the Eucharist. And I never tell them yes or no. I just grab them by the hand and pray for them. I just go, Lord, thank you for what they're doing. Thank you that they're, they're, they're just coming and, and being a blessing to so many people. What you're critical of, you'll never reach. I like the guy Gino. He's an old guy. He goes, hey. I go, hey, Mr. Gino. And I go, you're not Catholic. No. He goes, we can pray. I have a Korean nun. She comes by and she goes, I know you. I've learned this. you got to give people hope. People are looking for hope. They just are. And the third and final thing this morning is, is this, is that God restores. God restores in unexpected ways, or sometimes God just does things in unexpected ways. Let's refuse to throw away our confidence and trust in God, daring to believe he is a rewarder of faith and hope. How many believe that? He's a rewarder of that. You know, I'm going to, I was talking to one of my children. They come back from the camp they just had, and I was talking to them, and I said, hi, how'd it go? And and we just said, hey, you know, Dad, the first two days, it wasn't, I just wasn't really, like, I wasn't getting much out of it. And the, the third day, they just said, you know, uh, the third day, I was just, I really wanted God to move in my heart, touch me. And the worship song started going on, and they said, I didn't even, I just started singing a song that I liked. I didn't even sing the song that they were singing. I, I love that. You know, at least they're honest. You know, and then I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, she goes, well, you know, Dad, I mean, I was singing the song and you'll never believe it. The next song they started singing was the one I was singing. And I knew God was trying to speak to me. And they got down on their knees and they just started praying in the spirit. And when they did, other other people around them got on their knees and they started praying. I know this. You can always expect the unexpected when you make a stand. When you make a stand. You know, I had to do 36 rounds of chemo for multiple myeloma. And the last day, when you finish something, you get to ring the bell. Okay? And so I brought this one guy. Who's with his, his, his name's Ron. And his wife's name is Nancy. They're not the Reagans, but Ron is his name. And he, he, he just said, you know, uh, I said, come on, Pastor Bob. He goes, every time he goes, Pastor Bob, you're funnier, you know, behind the scenes. Yours are so funny. And, and, and every time I hang out with you, I just don't know what we're going to do. It's, just, it's always an adventure. So I get in there, and I go, hey. And we're, we're in the waiting room where the bell hangs. And I go, hey, uh, 
I just want to let everybody know I'm fixing to ring this bell. But the first day that I found out I had cancer, I got on my knees and I looked at my doctor, held my wife's hand in the doctor's hand, and I said, God, I got on my knees and I said, I trust you. And I've been battling different forms of cancer and different challenges in my life for eight and a half years. And you know what? God has been with me. Can I tell you something? I just didn't ring the bell. I rang the hell out of that bell. Hell. I was ringing that. That's for saying I can't see this and we're not going to have another campus. And You know, I'm not going to... I'm thinking all those things. I'm just like... Come on, man. I mean, I'm just wagging and tagging that bell. You know, for all the things that you go through, I've lived longer than they said I would. God, you've been with me. I mean, I'm just... I had fun. There's nurses in there. They're crying. The waiting people are crying. I looked at Ron and go, it's a prayer meeting, buddy. Let's go. Let's pray for people. And we started going around praying for people. Because that's where my platform's been. And that came over him. Because you don't know the stages. You have a young girl coming there, nine or ten years old. You have young girls that have, they're dealing with breast cancer at, at 18 and 19 years old. You have old people that walk in there and you just say, you go, how you doing? And they go, oh, yeah, I'm doing good today. Or they look at you, it's just rough. You just never know. And sometimes you go, hey, what happened to Mr. Mouton? He went home to be with the Lord. You just don't know. And you know the thing, the crazy thing is, you don't have to be in a chemo room because that's where everybody's at in the world. They're just dealing with stuff. And you don't know when you show up that you could be the very person that can change things all around them. And you can bring what's unexpected and God can move in your life. And God can use you. Look at your neighbor and say this. Look at him and say, God wants to use you. Look at him. I don't care if they look back. God wants to use you. And I believe this, we can climb, you can climb out of your circumstances. You can learn to forgive someone that's been hard to forgive. You can be healed. You can overcome grief or loss, even the, the grief of losing a child. You can move from, uh, from a, a place of pain to a wide open space, spacious place, a purpose. What the scripture says, it says, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope, today. I declare that I will restore to you double. God is never finished with us. Amen? We're a work in progress. I've been saved for 39 years, and I'll just tell you this much. God has been faithful when I haven't been faithful. He remains faithful. He's a mighty God. He's able to deliver from the uttermost. To the, I heard someone one preacher, and the guttermost. The uttermost and the guttermost. And he can. And I believe he will. See, I believe that in areas of our lives that, you know, that you think, I just can't move forward. God wants to fulfill those dreams. He wants to, and he wants to whisper in your ear, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Am I in the right church this morning, the right campus? Huh? Okay, look at me. 
I want to give you an opportunity. How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, there's some things that I'm dealing with in my body, and I, I need God's touch. I need to be healed from that. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. No hesitation, and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody like that in this room? Because I believe this, healed people heal people. When God touches people, I believe he touches others. Anybody else? Come on. There's nothing to be afraid of. Listen, you don't have to walk out of this room the same as when you walked in, in pain or a a bad diagnosis, whatever it is. This side must be like the side that needs a touch. This side, I'm worried about y'all. Anyone else? Okay, if you're standing, just lift your hands to heaven. If you're close to them, just extend your hands toward them or put your hand on their shoulder or on their back or wherever. We're just going to pray. Father, I thank you that you're a God that still heals today. You're a God that is able to deliver. You're a God that loves these people. And Lord, you love miracles. You love touching people's lives. And right now, I pray whatever it is, whatever doctor said or whatever they heard spoken, I pray right now, nothing less than your miracle working power to touch their bodies, to touch their circumstances. I pray freedom, freedom right now, freedom in Jesus' name over their, over their bodies and over their lives and on their minds. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that and you're standing up, say, I believe. Come on, let's give them a hand for standing up. Thank y'all. Test your healing. Test it. See, you know, I believe that we know that God's sovereign, but I believe this is that I don't think God would want you to leave this service without really knowing him personally. You know, the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father who's in heaven. <coughs> and there may be some of you, you might be at a place where, you, you know, you're not at a place where you have peace with God or even peace with yourself. And you say, Pastor Bubba, I know that I've been putting things off and I really need to give my life to Jesus. And I need him to bring a change in my heart and my life. Or you maybe you're a place where you're just not living in that freedom and you go, I need it. Today needs to be the day that I start over and trust God. I want everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed. And I'm just going to ask you right now, no one looking around, if that's you this morning, say, Pastor Bubba, would you pray for me? I need a fresh start. I need a new, I need God. I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Put it down if you raise it. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. Thank you. Anyone else? Can we all pray this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I thank you. Come on, help me out. I thank you that you died on the cross. You rose from the grave. You spilled your blood for my forgiveness. Today, I trust you. From this day forward, I want to honor you. I want to please you with my life, my lifestyle, my decisions and choices. From this day forward, I want to honor you and all that I do. In Jesus' name.